Then you um, need to go out and you need to grow some hops. Yeah. You need to uh, look up. Harvest a bushel of hops. Harvest a bushel or two. Yeah. We probably have. We, we still probably, have a, I'd say. There's still a second bushel that needs to be filled. Yeah. I'm, we filled a half a bushel. I'd say that there's at least a bushel and a half yeah. full of hops yeah. waiting to be plucked. Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. I'm one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and with me on this beautiful September evening is the other co-host, David. Welcome, everybody, to Pub 39A for Eclipse on Tap. Uh, we uh, we got a good good little show in for you here tonight. Um, yeah, maybe gonna, something a little different. Yeah, something a little different. We got uh, definitely... Uh, had the wheels spinning uh, the last couple of days. We thought, well, let's try something different. Let's uh, try a different topic. So we'll get into that here in a minute. But uh, we, uh, we've we got a couple of good beers because you just went on a, a really cool trip. I did. So um, I did. why don't you tell us what we have and so, then uh, a little bit about your trip here. Sure. Yeah, episode 25, we're here. Uh, September, the month, uh, probably one of the best months in Michigan. We have this kind of false fall right now where it's kind of summer kind of fall in between beautiful weather went mountain biking today for a cool little event um beautiful day mm-hmm. but yes this beer is uh from this company in st louis missouri called earthbound beer so cool space theme spot um uh julia and i were on a road trip to celebrate our third anniversary this uh upcoming week actually but we took the trip a little early down to St. Louis and then over to Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, one of the great things about road tripping is you get to see and try a bunch of new beers that maybe you wouldn't be able to have access to in Michigan. Um, and we all, we have a lot of space-themed beers here in this state, but it's uh, always cool to see. what. That's the first thing I did when we went to the grocery store is look for the space-themed beers. So, oh, yeah. so this one's called Meteor IPA. Um, I had this one on draft as well at Earthbound, which is kind of on the east side of town, the east side of St. Louis, in particular, the southeast side of St. Louis is really, really nice. Um, the Holly Hills neighborhood, um, Carondelet Park is another area. That whole s- section of St. Louis has a lot of cool breweries. Um, and this one is relatively new, I think. But their logo is really cool, kind of like a meteor. And um, on the back has got like this cool artistic rendition of a meteor. Yeah, it's and pretty cool. And I think cool. it kind of has like a face maybe. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It looks like it has like Maybe. a nose and like yeah. this is a mouth, but kind of looks like it. Um, but yeah, really, really cool. Um, St. Louis is one of those cities I think people overlook. I mean, they're like any big city. There's always some bad parts of it. Um, you know, you hear a lot, like just like you hear about the south side of Chicago with um, you know a lot of violence and things like that. But there's also a really great side to that city. Um, cool music scene is like live music at every bar. It seems like every night. Um, a lot of blues, barbecue, good beer, you know, Anheuser-Busch there, Mm -hmm. uh, which is obviously the mega brewery, but then all these little rebellious craft breweries sprouted up and, um, have really done well. So yeah, let's crack this one. Let's go for it. Oh yeah. It is an IPA and it's quite hoppy if I recall. I I just had it like, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Episode 25. Yep. Um, just had it last weekend, but. Very good. I like that. 
Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, interesting. Comes in at 5% ABV, so kind of more on like the pale ale side as far as like a little lighter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had another one that I tried there that was kind of unique. They, they reminded me of our good friends at Broadleaf Local Beer here in, here in town, um, just for the fact that like the brewery was kind of in almost a warehouse setting. Um, they had all these cool space themed like murals and stuff, very artistic. Um, and then they had this like floating mezzanine thing, which yeah. was awesome. It looked like it should be f- moving because it was like hanging by chains. And so you go up there and you think that you should be almost like in this treehouse type deal, but it's all very stable. And, um, and the earthbound has their little mezzanine thing too. Cool. And then, or sorry, yeah, Broadleaf, Broadleaf has their mezzanine. Yeah. So that's what the, I drew some comparisons there. And then the other thing too is earthbound had kind of some one-off unique flavor combination beers. They had an IPA that was brewed with Thai basil, which is kind of spicy. Interesting. Yeah. And it was really good. I was very impressed, actually. I wasn't, the, the a bartender was like, you got to just try it and give it a whirl. And it was good. So, yeah. Yeah. Meteor IPA. Yeah. Definitely uh, sounds like it was a good trip. I, you know, you kept sending me lots of photos of the cool restaurants, a lot of space themed. There was. It was weird. Yeah. I, it's like, I, I felt like it, it was just all the space stuff was being presented to me. I wasn't really searching for it but our airbnb in the holly hills neighborhood was like a five minute walk five minute very leisurely walk you probably could get there in less if you were really going but to this barbecue place called the stellar hog and their slogan is the best barbecue in the galaxy or something like that and i was like oh that's cool kind of we saw the menu at the airbnb it was recommended so we walked over there and um their logo is a pig with like a galaxy kind of fill and then the gateway arch in the background. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. We walk in though, and the bar top and the entire ceiling is like airbrushed with like super hyper realistic looking galaxy painting with like an eclipse on the ceiling. And I was blown away. That was the first thing that we did there. And within an hour of our of our arrival to the city. So it could not have been a better welcome. Um, and it didn't hurt that the bar- barbecue was insanely good. So it sounds like heaven. Yeah. I mean, it, and the cool thing too, is it was like, had the cool outdoor section, just smack dab in the middle of the Holly Hills neighborhood. There's no other restaurants nearby. It's like a house, a house, this place, and then more houses. Mm-hmm. So it's like your neighborhood spot. Um, kind of had like a perfect mix of like a good barbecue spot, you know, had that smoky smell in the air of the hickory smoke. Um, but also on the inside kind of was like a townie bar. So it was, if I lived anywhere near there, I'd be there all the time. Yeah. Had all the craft beers on tap. It was awesome. Yeah. When you sent me the picture of the ceiling and there was an eclipse above you, mm. I, I I about just fell over. It was that, uh, it was awesome. And it was just so, it made it that much better that we like stumbled upon it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, really cool spot. And, and that, that was just the start of it too. I mean, there was another, uh, we'll feature another beer in the second half. I don't want to give it away yet, but... Uh, Another really cool one from, um, I think it's called Log Loghead Brewing. We'll get into that later, but yeah, probably even more space theme than the one we're drinking now. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't like we've been talking about this like the I mean over the last year pretty much, but it just seems like even locally here, and obviously now you've traveled to St. Louis, and mm-hmm. I mean that's just one city that outside of everything, but there's just more space themed brews coming about like with the smaller like micro brews and all that yeah and even obviously you know with Budweiser they did the Apollo 11 Mm -hmm. but I mean obviously that that was because of the anniversary but I feel like there's just a ton of 
space themed stuff coming out, which is really yeah. cool. I think it's really cool to see. And I think obviously your experience uh, on your trip, that was uh, kind of mm-hmm. just prove the point there. Yeah, it's got I think it's got to be kind of a combination of a couple things. One being that, like we were saying the one time, there's a varietal of hops, just like we're, you were on what, Cascade hops yeah, out here. Yeah. So there's a varietal called Galaxy hops, and it's a really popular varietal that they use in a lot of beers. And so I think that just encourages the brewer. It's like a inspiration thing. They're just like, oh, Galaxy Hops, let's make this a space beer. Um, but the other thing, too, is like there's full breweries now that are like space-themed, yeah. ecliptic, yeah. this place, Earthbound Beer, like very space-themed, like kind of, I got a hat from there that has like a Galaxy bill in it. Like it, it's, it is weird. Like it it almost yeah. seems like um, after we started this podcast, it, maybe it's just our eyes are attuned to that now, but yeah and it was always there but um probably a little bit of both maybe i don't know yeah it, it, i think it's yeah. one of those things that it makes for a really good theme for that style of business um and then like the stellar hog place just like went way out of left field and was like we don't have a brewery but we're just going to name our like actual restaurant and theme our entire restaurant around space yeah. which is just amazing like i told julia even both before the food came out we split like a brisket dish um and I was like, the food could totally suck. The price of the beer could be insane, and I would still be obsessed with this place. Mm-hmm. But it was actually the exact opposite. The craft beers on tap were good and cheap, reasonable, and the the brisket was among the best I've ever had. I think it's a, it's a huge like marketing thing for like a lot of these. There there are so many microbreweries out there now that you kind of have to separate yourself. Yeah from other people and you i mean you can only do that so much based on the beer and all that kind of stuff so you almost have to you know market yourself in a different way where it is a space mm-hmm. themed or whatever it might be but um it's like you know, this can what, yeah in the sto- i saw this exactly. in the uh the the local grocery chain there is called uh schnooks yeah and it's like meyer or whatever you go into schnooks and you see this in the window like are, are you kidding me i'll buy this 10 times over yeah. just because of the late it might not yeah. even be good but it is but or like the one we'll try on the second half i i couldn't not buy it, it could be, be it could be bottled water yeah I'd still buy it it's just uh or like this beer from ecliptic that we had uh mm-hmm. last episode it's just the coolest label and i think like with the super saturated market of craft beer like you were saying you have to diversify and i think there's really three things that you need you need to have obviously really good beer you have to have uh, nowadays. It seems like unless you're a true like micro brewery little pub, if you're trying to make it a little bit bigger, you have to have good food and reasonable, you know, reasonably accessible food. Uh, and then the third thing is like your your um, your undeniable quality that like just makes you different as a brewery. Whether yeah. it's your cool label, your theme, um, you maybe you have an awesome outdoor seating section or something we something different. Um, and if you are going to distribute, you have to, it draws your eye to the can. Like this, yeah. this is one of the cooler cans that we've had. And uh, yeah, it, it's funny. It, it kind of sounds stupid when you talk about it, but it really is like from a marketing standpoint, I think uh, marketing professionals would probably agree. Oh that, yeah. Um, it's just something different. It catches your eye. You know, there's so many, like you said, so many craft breweries and all that microbreweries and everything out there. And they all have the kind of the same, you know, Mm -hmm. realistically, I mean, the beers that I have here, like if we go to like, you know, Founders or Brewery Vivant or anything like that, or Harmony, you can definitely tell, okay, this is a Vivant beer that Mm -hmm. has a a certain taste to it. Right. All the beers all across the board. Same with Founders. But, 
you have to there's got to be something a little extra that comes along with that and that's like i think what a lot of these places are starting to do is just kind of you know become unique in that sense where it's you know we're we're space themed and we're you know we, yeah. we have everything about us is you know all the different beers that we're coming out with they're all different space themes and all that kind of stuff so yeah i think people know. buy into that like if you were to go to dnw our local grocery store like you said yeah you can tell the difference between beers but a lot of these breweries especially if they're distributing now the, it's all good like there's not yeah. you're not going to buy one and really be disappointed i mean yeah. sometimes yeah but there's probably 15 to 20 different companies that make an ipa and you're like looking and you're like, i don't even know sometimes it's just you pick one off the shelf but if it's got something like this if even if it's not space themed, I think there's something to be said about people being drawn to a theme that's consistent across their brand. Yeah. Like even yeah. if it was, you know, mountain biking themed or dog themed or whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's like if it's a consistent, congruent thing all across, there's something about that where you're like, oh, that's cool. And people kind of almost, um, I don't know, they're, <clears throat> you, you tend to get more, um, I guess, people who almost kind of just want to like band together with you yeah. and that brand um like they become more faithful to one brand because of the theme brand you know, like, loyalists yeah for like for us it's it's you know we're loyalists because we like space or yeah. you know like for there's a couple of other uh you know you could even have black rock brewing uh, and they have some cycling theme stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you can you go up there and they have you know I think it's uh, training day or whatever. I mean, there I think there's a, a yeah. beer that they named that. I mean, so and the, that's more outdoorsy people up there, right? In Marquette, so you have you know that's just that's kind of the theme they cater towards the that type of people that are up there. But and a lot of people just kind of veer towards that brand because mm-hmm. of that. But um, and even like me, you know, we're, we're, we ride bikes, you know, if I see that in the store, I'm going to definitely reach for that. If I, yeah. just, you know, next to the, whatever, it could be anything. If there's a IPA right next to it, I'll just grab that one because it has bikes on it. But yeah. And, and I think there's something too, especially regardless of what the theme is, if it's just a well put together designed can or whatever it is you're buying, just on the topic of beer, we'll, we'll stay on that whether it's like this ecliptic can or bottle or this meteor IPA from earthbound, like it's a really neat design. Like, and you can tell they, they put a lot of effort into it and that as a consumer, I also like am all about that where there's some breweries that like their beer might be better, but they, they just don't take that time and maybe they don't feel like it's important, but it really is like, so I don't know. I'm not a marketing professional, but I buy a lot of beer. So, no, and they hooked me in. They, they hooked do. me in with anything space themed. If I'm in the store, if anything with a, a bike on it, or I mean, it's just hook line and sinker. Yep, yep, they got me. Yep, they got me. Hooked me in the cheek, and they reeled me in. They did, and I'm now a loyalist. Yeah, like for, <laughs> the other thing too is like the branding. Like I, we went to this spot. There was like not a ton of people in there because I think it was Thursday night. I, don't, I can't remember what it was. Um, had a couple beers, bought a hat considered buying a t-shirt you know like it just it all spins off and yeah yep and if i ever go back to st louis that's one of the spots i'll go it just is a, a snowball effect of being hooked yep but hooked hooked on beer hooked on <laughs> hooked on beer hooked on hops we we actually uh speaking of all the talk about ipas and in uh, hops and all that kind of stuff um we plucked and harvest some hops on my patio this evening 
Sure did. So um, we we I went out today and I got a little basket and it's uh, you know September fourteenth. So um, typically this is the type time of year that you would harvest your hops. Uh, yeah. I only know that because I've searched the internet for a long time. I've, you know, since spring, trying to figure out when the heck you're supposed to harvest your hops. I planted them basically the first week of April, and uh, they were they were getting pretty ripe. So it was time to uh, to go ahead and, and harvest some of them. So yep. we got about we got most of it done. We got I had probably have to go out and buy a, a different basket, but it's um, I don't know. We'll, we're you know I'll try to figure out what I want to do if I want to do a actual. Um, and if we want to do like a little brew, mm-hmm. we could do a little batch of beer. Uh, we could use those yep. for it, but I don't know. Yeah, we cool. could. We definitely could. In one place, I mean, I know there's a brewing supply. There's, I know for sure there's one in Grand Rapids, and I'm, I wouldn't doubt that there's not more than one where you can go buy your malts and you can um, actually mill the malts right there right, right and the grains and stuff right at the store. But um, one thing to consider, too, is... Um, I was down in Kalamazoo at Bell's and their general store has a huge part of it. That's all brewing equipment and brewing stuff. And they have a back room where you can pick any malt that you want. You can, you know, scoop up the grain and they have the mill right there. You just press the button. It grinds it for you. Take it back and you use that in your boil. Really? And yeah. So it's and they, they have like kits now, like clone kits where it's like a two hearted clone. Yeah. Like yeah. if you wanted to, and it's all, it's like the exact same malt that they use for two hearted. It's the same yeast that they use for Two Hearted, all that stuff. Um, the one thing about the kit, though, it probably wouldn't be worth it uh, to buy the kit because the kit already comes with like hops. Yeah, we we already have the hops, so we but yeah. we could like kind of Make parse it. out what's in the kit and then buy it individually. Yeah, buy the malt, buy the yeast, do whatever. Yeah, um, they have like cool. They have like uh, sixteen ounce cans now down there at Bell's, where it's like a yeast concoction. So you like you brew your beer and then you just crack the can and just dump the can in. Really? It's, yeah, that's how easy it is. You don't have to worry about like a yeast powder or whatever. You just dump the can right into your um, batch hmm. uh, and then let it start fermenting. So yeah, it's it's a neat spot for for that. So if we want to check it out and yeah, yeah. I, I think we could that w- that basket you had. I think as a I saw it on the side. I said it was a half a one half bushel. Mm-hmm. Which if you think about like an apple orchard, like a little like a basket double that size of, of apples yeah but half bushel is pretty big still like we yeah. probably plucked at least probably at least 300 cones yeah maybe, maybe more. and there's probably another 300 on the yeah actual easily. vines easily so yeah so there's I'll, lots of hops and they smell delicious they smell amazing they do and that's uh, yeah cascade hops bought at the uh, local market yep. um i don't know maybe next year i will uh i'll go ahead and Try to find some galaxy hops mm-hmm. for the old patio, but yep, switch it up a little bit. We'll see. I think we'll uh, maybe that's what I'll do um, here in the coming coming days. Here is figure out what we want to do. I can I can go get a you know whether we piece together the ingredients mm-hmm. to make our own beer or we get, you know I could go get a kit or something like that or you know yeah I have a I do have a kit left over and it still has the malt and everything, but it was a kit for a porter. Um, so the malts are a little darker, more roasted malt, mm-hmm. chocolatey, kind of that. So that probably wouldn't work. We'd probably want to get malts that are a little bit lighter in yeah. color, um, that aren't as roasted. Yeah. So that we could make an, I mean, you have to make an IPA. With oh, yeah. the, the, you, you can't make a porter. There's, there's no I way. I mean, you could, but why would you? 
Yeah. You got to make something that accentuates those fresh hops. Yeah. Uh, all that time spent waiting. Pump 39A, triple IPA. Yeah. Just keep hopping it over and yeah. over again. I'm just going to just keep it going. We'll finally be able to drink it in March. Yeah. That's like the uh, Dogfish Head uh, in Delaware, that brewery. Yeah. Uh, they do 60-minute IPA, 90-minute IPA, and then 120-minute IPA. Those are their single, double, and triple. Yeah. 120 is like 14% pretty rare only comes out every once in a while obviously 90 is the double but what the 60 and 90 and 120 it's like the times that they leave the hops in the boil like so they just like or like they keep it's essentially just like they just double the time they you know the triple ipa is a full 60 minutes of additional just boiling or whatever so so we could do something like that where we really go all out with it yeah, and if yeah. it if it turns out like it maybe it doesn't taste very good, whatever. I'll still drink it. Yeah, still made it, and uh, start, you know, might as well. I mean, yeah. it, it's a, well, it's the first go around, you know, and I I knew this going into it. It was gonna be, you know, I, honestly, I thought they were gonna die. The plants would die within the first month. Wasn't expecting them to get as big as they did. They're pretty massive. They, they filled out quite a bit, uh, and I have a tiny little patio here, um, so. Yeah, I essentially wasn't even planning on them being a success anyway. So this is a bonus that I even got hops, and they they started kind of budding in right around June, mid mid to late June. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, next year, maybe do more research going into it and figure out if there's a better way to do it or whatever. But it was really cool to have them like all summer long. Yeah, they're, um, they're nice to look at. Yeah, yeah. I mean. At the end that and at the end of the day, I mean, if we don't, if it ends up being kind of a crappy batch, then I guess it's not. It's not the know, end of the world. Not the end of the world. They're they're a little little toasty. They're uh, they were definitely ended up being uh, you know I think a little bit sunburnt a little bit. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit of a hot uh, hot summer here the last about month or so. Yeah, it did. But um, so a little bit dried out. But I guess that's better from what I've read. It's better to have that than yeah not you know dried out enough so yeah not ripe enough because then you get like a you want it to be that floral uh hop flavor and not like a plant green yeah herbaceous flavor yeah Um, Yeah. then it just kind of tastes like a plant versus like yeah it's like you're eating a leaf or whatever yeah Yeah. exactly It's, it's got that that uh green flavor i think is the best way to describe it but just like a banana you eat an unripe a green banana and it just tastes terrible yeah. but if you eat a banana that's uh pretty spotted and like super super ripe it still tastes fine yeah yeah so good beer talk mm-hmm. that was good yeah we um, covered some ground there yes we sure did um the uh one thing we wanted to bring into uh the conversation for this time We'll dive into it a little bit more detail in the second half after we refill, because this one is about I'm about two thirds of the way done. Yeah, I'm about, about um, the same. It, we wanted to talk about something that's kind of I don't know, maybe uh, at the forefront of pop culture or just culture in general right now, which was the whole like, are aliens real? UFOs, folks. UFOs. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you know. I don't see a good reason not to talk about this because we've had so many episodes and we've, uh, you know, obviously this is number 25. 
We've covered all the topics. I don't think we've once touched on UFOs. No, I think we may maybe like slightly when we were talking about Mad Mike and the flat yeah. earthers and all that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we but, we even touched on those. Like, obviously, we had a whole episode on or a half episode. Yeah, on, that was on like Mad episode Mike. three was like all yeah. about him, Mad yeah. Mike and the turd in the turd shaped asteroid. That was the episode. You can yeah. find it on Apple Podcasts or any of your other podcasting websites. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that was actually a good episode. It was. Yeah, that yeah. that was when we were finally, yeah. finally starting to find like our. Our stride, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been a long time, and we haven't talked about anything related to that. So it'll be a, a really good topic to yeah. uh, to really dive in in the second half. Um, but to kind of like maybe just introduce it, I think what inspired it was a lot of people heard Joe Rogan's podcast with um, Bob Lazar, yep. who's the the gentleman who worked at uh, Area Fifty One in the was it the yeah, 70s or the 80s. It's like um I think it was the late 80s. Okay. And it was yeah, he worked in S4, which is like basically like part of Area 51 and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we I'm sure most of you have actually listened to that. Um I did on a a mountain bike trip. I was going up north to Marquette. Um and I listened to it with my brother and a mm-hmm. another friend that was in the car and um yeah, we he had it, my brother had it playing and I didn't, he had the volume on pretty low and I didn't really know what was going on. And then I'm like, Hey, turn it up. And we uh, started listening to it a little bit. And then we, it was basically at that point, halfway through the podcast already. And I said, well, let's restart this. I want to listen to the whole thing. So yeah. we listened to the whole thing all the way up from like basically Petoskey, Michigan, all the way to across the bridge and into Marquette. So, um, it was interesting and it yeah it was. It, it's it was. definitely something that you think about all the time um that's you know i i i guess it's like one of those things where it's you wonder what happens as joe rogan said these are the kind of the two big questions in life is there life or is there another life after death mm-hmm. and is there life outside of our own planet you know so uh, like what happens if you, do you continue on when you die or and also are there other living beings outside of earth so those yeah. are the two big questions that no one no one really can tell you um so it's uh it's interesting because it's like most people can sit around this is a topic most people can sit around and talk about for a long time even if they're not interested in space at all yeah just because it's it's one i think as a human being like there's those there's a a few um thoughts that kind of trigger a certain emotion for instance like sometimes if i'm like laying down and try to fall asleep and you start to think about like okay so we live on the planet earth we know the solar system we know a decent amount about the universe nearby us um but obviously the universe is infinite and and so you start thinking about like well what's beyond that or what is it like just blackness like black space or is it white who knows and yeah. those sorts of thoughts like trigger trigger a certain visceral emotion in us as like a human being where it just like hurts your head. We've yeah. talked about this before. It's like, yeah. um, I don't feel like we're we're really meant to comprehend it. Like we're not capable. We're not a high enough being to to comprehend uh, that sort of thought because no. it just doesn't compute. So that sort of thing, though, that feeling is kind of scary at times. But it's also a feeling that you like want to figure out. You want to strive towards like learning more about. And uh, another thing that another thought that could trigger that same feeling is thinking about uh, other life forms or 
you know, they, they talk about planet nine or that uh, habitable super earth that's like bigger than our earth and they found water on it and all this stuff like yeah yeah that was just recently yeah it was like yeah very recently so there's certain things i think that all human beings regardless of whether they're interested in space whether they're you know religious not religious whether they're from the united states or it doesn't matter it's like everybody as a human being like if you like if they were answering honestly i think would want to know yeah yeah um some people might not tell you at face value, like, oh, yeah, I'm not interested in that. I have my own my own thoughts and my own whatever, but yeah, I think deep down they'd want to know. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, that was a very interesting podcast, and um, I would definitely recommend it. I, there, there are some parts of it that you're like, like the Bob Lazar guy is kind of an, I don't know if he's eccentric because he's, he's pretty monotone and kind of boring, yeah. but like he's got like a, a side to him where you're like, you kind of just want to be like, ah, this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause sometimes, you know, I, and it's been obviously a long, long time since all this ha- uh, happened to him. Right. Um, so to some degree I can, you know, th- there's moments obviously where in the podcast he's talking and then he can't remember s- certain stuff that, you know, would be interesting to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can kind of, I can kind of, uh, sort of like understand that a little bit because it's been 30 years or something, whatever it's been. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting because he's, he's got some facts and he's got some details, Mm -hmm. um, that have actually been proven to be actually correct. Um, but then there's other moments where it's, not as precise on like actually what he's saying he's not very specific on certain things yeah he seems to be pretty specific like i think as far as um his kind of like time and place type stuff those things that he states like where like i was here during this time we were doing this this but i think that all i'm totally all in on it makes total sense and and i think there's uh kind of data to back it up and some of the stuff he talks about um I guess maybe some of his visual re- recollections of what he saw and things like that. Um, you kind of like buy into it a little bit and you're like, cool, cool, cool. And then uh, Joe Rogan will ask him a question, like a follow-up, like, you know, they're going down this rabbit hole about the, about a certain, some, the way something looked. And then Joe will ask him a question and then he'll be like, oh, I can't, you know, like he kind of stops at a certain point. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a doubter or a skeptic. I mean, well, I think everybody should be. It's only natural to, to be a skeptic. Um, but Unless, I'm not saying, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I don't believe the guy. Um, but I'm, it's, I mean, it's impossible to be a true actual believer. I mean, to me, it's like, unless I actually see what he saw or anything like that like it's really hard to actually go okay this guy for sure like i no one knows this guy right i mean no one does yeah you know so it's really at the end of the day you're taking his word for it and you know believing his background and all that kind of stuff which you know the crazy thing with him is that like a lot of the stuff like his education and all this kind of stuff like his work background and all this like was pretty much like wiped out like he had to prove a lot of things Mm -hmm. because which is kind of weird just eerie yeah i don't know because i can see that happening where somebody working at that facility then basically rats everybody out 
and and exposes the whole thing. Yeah. I can see them Trying behind the scenes, out. Yeah, yeah, doing that, right, wiping out his credibility because that'll just basically. I, I mean, it, essentially, you and I will listen to it and go, "Oh, it's you know." They're saying he didn't even go to school there. He, they're, they're saying he didn't live there. They're saying he didn't actually work there. They can't right. find any record, you know. So. That's that's the kind of thing that I'm kind of looking at. Like, well, I mean, I could see that actually happening. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're working with the government, you know, mm-hmm. you never know. Like that could actually happen. So I don't mm-hmm. know. It's 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 almost like a movie. Like it's yeah, it kind of weird. Yeah. 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 Speaking of movies, before we refill our beer, we should switch subjects real quick. Oh yeah. And talk about yeah. um, another strange being from outer space. Yes. It. Pennywise. Pennywise. <laughs> We saw it chapter two yesterday. Yeah, it was awesome. I didn't lose sleep over it. I didn't either. It I was slept like it a was baby. scary though. It was. It, it was scary. I think the first one. The, there's something to be said that the first, and when I say first one, I mean the one that came out in 2017. The early 90s one is its whole other thing, and it it's a cult classic, but it's kind of like a goofy movie. Um, maybe at the time it was scary, but you watch it now and you're like, this is stupid, kind of. Um, Still a great movie. Uh, Bill, I think it's Bill Curry is the actor that played Pennywise back then, and his, arg- I think arguably his voice is like, like the classic Pennywise. Yeah, yeah but, yeah. Um, but the 2017 movie, It Chapter One, I guess is what you could call it, um, because they're all kids. I think it's, I don't know why, but it seems scarier to me because like they're interacting with him as children. Yeah, um, and they're just in this like ultra vulnerable state where yeah it's just wild like they're they're it in the first movie they seem like they're being like hunted by pennywise Mm -hmm. whereas in the second movie they're all adults obviously um it followed the book to a t pretty much um but the it's just some of the aspects aren't quite as scary i listened to a review today and i think this is pretty accurate. There's a lot of build-up scenes where, like, the entire build-up is absolutely terrifying. And then when they finally reveal, like, that reincarnation of Pennywise, like, when he was, like, that zombie witch-looking lady at the house. Yeah. It's, like, not that scary because mm-hmm. it's, like, the CGI-looking weird thing. But the build-up to that was terrifying. You yeah. Know, people are scurrying around in the background, whatever. But, um, so, yeah, I thought that was a good, I don't know, good review. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I, I would agree with that. Like even, um, yeah, because like it's one of those movies where I didn't know, like the build up obviously started with the first movie, right? Went all the way through, and then you don't really know. Okay, how how's this gonna end? Like how is this actually going to end? I don't know. Because yeah. there's some points in the early, like early on in the first movie, and then midway through the second movie, where you're looking at this going this this guy can't be stopped. Yeah. You know, you can't stop that clown. You can't stop that clown. But um, if you've read the book and if you've seen the second movie, it, I don't think this is a spoiler by any means because it's not really like an essential piece of the plot. But in the story, Stephen King, in his crazy mind, that dude has uh, got quite the imagination. Let's just say that. Um, he, the Pennywise comes from outer space. He's like this demonic thing from like outer space and and they actually show it in the second movie coming down in the meteor so so that's our little space connection i guess but mm-hmm. but yeah, i thought it was really good if you're a fan of like um there was a part of it to me that was like a full-on horror film but then there's a part of it that was also like this is the goonies 
mm-hmm. you know, like like a coming to age story that's like not that scary. Yeah, has some scary aspects, but um, which I think makes it good. I, honestly, I'd rather have it that way because, like you said, like I slept fine last night because yeah. I usually get freaked out and I can't sleep and then it's a big mess. Yeah, um, wake up the next day feeling like absolute terrible. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When I walk past a, a, a sewage drain, I do look twice. You hear a little, yeah, a little laughter like from a clown. No, no, I don't hear laughter, but I just I glance twice. Hey, Georgie. Yeah. Hey, David. <laughs> Would you like a balloon? <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, there is definitely an aspect to that character that is just absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Just well, I mean. To a kid, for sure. Like, and even like to to me, I make I I'm I, we're not that old, but you know, like obviously, like we go mountain biking in the in the woods back here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have been talking about it, like the first thing we think of is like imagining like seeing a clown in the woods. Yeah, when you're mountain biking, and you it's know, one of those things like if you are out there and like on occasion, like you and I respectively are out there on our own. Like after work or whatever, you go do a couple laps. It's one of those things if you're by yourself and you're cruising, you're doing fine. The second you think about it, can't get it out. It's yeah. going to be in your head the rest of that time. And it's just ingrained in there. I was, I think I gave the example to you. Like if I'm, if I'm deer hunting or something and I'm walking up to my tree stand, it's five in the morning, pitch black, snow is falling. I feel like, like, like this last year, the snow was like very lightly falling and it looked just like the weird floaty stuff in the Upside Down and Stranger Things. And I'm like, this, I'm looking with my flashlight in that, like, it, it's terrifying. And my dad always makes fun of me that I, you know, so you watch too much TV or you watch too many scary movies or whatever. But it's, it's, uh, that's it's what a, I love about scary movies thrill. too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's thrilling. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's like a little, uh, it's a weird thrill. It's like, I don't want to watch it, but I do. Yeah. Yeah, you, you just you, like, you can't turn away. Yeah, yeah. So so if you haven't seen it, chapter two, um, then well, if you haven't seen the first movie, watch that one first, and then go see this. But it's worth it. It's it's yeah. good. Um, I'd like to watch the original. I haven't seen that one. It's uh, it's but. good. Yeah, it's um, I watched that movie when I was way too young. <laughs> I think I was like ten or eleven. Uh, it was on TV, and I got stuck on the channel. Not literally, but it's just like what we were saying. You couldn't turn away. I was like, oh. Yeah. And um, there's a scene in the original where the inhaler kid, what's his name? Oh, shoot. I, I forget. I don't know. Eddie. 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 Yeah. Um, Eddie is got the same character as he does in the new movies, obviously, um, and in the book, and in the original movie. And he is, like, super paranoid all the time. He, like, takes this inhaler. He thinks he has asthma, all this sort of thing, whatever. And um, he's, like, really paranoid about um, changing in the gym locker room after gym class so they're in the pool and they're in gym class and then he waits for everyone to leave before he gets in the shower and you know he's in the in the shower and all of a sudden the like hot on the shower just starts turning like by itself Mm -hmm. and so he's like getting scalded so he backs away from the from the shower head and the shower head like comes out of the wall further and starts like following him around and then, uh, sure enough, he turns around and then the drain like opens up and it comes out of the drain. So when I was like 11 or whenever I saw that, I put a washcloth over the drain in the shower for, <laughs> for a good like two weeks because I was terrified that I, it was going to come out of the shower. That washcloth, it'd hold them down. Oh, it sure would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh, 
I, I love those stories though. Like Stephen King is definitely a unique mind, but uh, yeah. he writes some pretty damn good books. Yeah. And he was actually in the new movie it that was, we just saw. So, has a cameo. Yeah, he was actually in in the uh, in the newest movie in the chapter two. Yeah, um, which I didn't know until you pointed that out. Yep. But I don't know what he looks like. So I saw his. Uh, uh, he had tweeted too. Um, he tweeted when was that? Like right when the movie came out, like a week ago, and uh, he pretty much gave his his blessing, so to speak. He was like, "Just saw it, chapter two. It was amazing." terrific like very well done so if if the if the guy behind it all says it's good it's it's got to be good you know? yeah yeah um so pretty cool because i think like in any movie like that you're gonna have a very close following to the storyline but then like whoever the director is maybe has their slight unique take on a certain scene the way it looks the way they talk whatever so um i think if i was an author i would be like that'd be like my most prideful moment to just like watch a movie that somebody else made they didn't talk to me maybe at all. They just have my book as like a guideline or as a map. Yeah. And then I go see it and I'm like, that's so cool that they spun it this way or this way. Yeah. Made it or, a little or this bit. is how I was picturing it anyway. Yeah. And yeah, they did a great job in that respect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, pretty cool. But um, we'll be back talking about uh, some UFOs. Some UFOs and aliens. I'd be terrified if the alien was Pennywise, but hopefully not. Um, after we refill our beverage, I'm getting a little low. Yeah. So we'll be back with you, and if you uh, ain't got no beer, yeah, we'll be our a little a refill segment. We'll kind of call it during the break. Ain't got no, I ain't got no beer. Yeah, where we refill, go on Instagram live. That's still uh, the best our story. Yeah, it's the best name we have. Yep. Uh, maybe we'll come up with something different. We made but. that name a long time ago, and we that's that's so far that's what we got. So yeah. I ain't got no beer. I ain't got no beer. It's the it's the truth. Yep. I'm empty. Yeah, it's broke. As your dad says. Yeah. My dad NASCAR. has like the dad joke where his, yeah. he crimps his hand up like in the shape of holding a can and come up and say, hey, there's something wrong with my hand. <laughs> oh, what, what's, what's wrong, dad? Uh, it's, look, there's no beer in it. It's broke. It's broken. So that's what yeah. we'll do. We'll refill. We'll be back in uh, just a few minutes and uh, we'll get going on some of this alien talk. <laughs> back from the break folks we're back episode 25 our beers are refilled and our libations are restored we are restored we're, yes we are yep. and uh we've landed on the moon folks yeah we have with this really really tasty beer we have here yes it's uh we landed on the moon is the name of the beer from logboat brewing company um in columbia missouri i bought it when i was down on my road trip to st louis Missouri. Uh, Columbia is west of St. Louis, where uh, most notably known for the University of Missouri, college town. Uh, but just an absolute gem of a label. It's got an astronaut with a quiver of golf clubs and a bunch of... It's just... Look at her Instagram, at yep. Eclipse on Tap. You'll see some photos of it. Give that... Honestly, give that. Give this a whiff. 
smells like the basket of hops I have. Yeah, it sure does. Um, but uh, one thing I just noticed, um, so on the side of the can here, it says, cheers to all the women and men who helped guide Apollo 11 safely to the moon and back home to Earth. Thank you for improving humankind and showing showing us that anything is possible. You will forever be in our you will forever be our heroes. Now, what will happen in the next 50 years? Question mark. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was an Apollo yeah. 11. Yeah. Um, I just noticed that beer. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it comes in at clocks in at 6.0 percent. Uh, right in the middle there, of uh, pretty much just right. But yeah, logboat. Um, when I was down in Missouri three years ago for my grad uh, school research. I stumbled upon Logboat, and it was among my favorites. I didn't have this one, obviously, because it was brewed as a special edition. But they have another one called, I think it's called Mammoot or something. It's like M-A-H-M-O-O-T, and it has like a woolly mammoth on the label. And that stuff was like, man, I went through a couple six-packs. I'll just say that. Um, Really, really good stuff. The, uh, The description on the side for the flavor profile is juicy, fluffy, and dank. Dank AF, bruh. That's what I would say my basket of hops is dank. Mm-hmm. Hashtag dank. <laughs> That's what I should have done. Hashtag dank. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely delicious beer. I'm not kidding when I say this. I think it, and I, and I said this when I first sipped it down in St. Louis, I think it's among one of my favorite IPAs I may have ever had. Yeah, it's good. It's a, it, it's... You know, you look at Two Hearted, I think is like the, it kind of sets the bar as one of the best IPAs in the world. Um, we're lucky to be just down the road from them at uh, Bell's Two Hearted, of course. Their beer is very hoppy, very hop forward, kind of piney um, and kind of malty. This one is a little bit lighter flavor, super hoppy and almost like a little hint of sweetness. Yeah. I think just the smell though, just gets me. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's very, very good. So if you're in the St. Louis area, if you're a Missouri listener, uh, get yourself out and buy some of this. I bought it at Schnucks, the local grocer. I bought a four-pack of it, and it was really cheap. The thing I noticed about Missouri beer is for whatever reason, I don't know if it's taxed differently than um, Michigan beer, but it was way cheaper. Like a four-pack of this was $7.99. Oh, man. Um, Which obviously was a limited edition, so I think that's why they did the four-pack. Um, but just even like that four pack of uh, meteor IPA we had in the first half, I think it was like six ninety nine or something, which is just that that does you don't see that here in Michigan. So no, um, it must be something with taxes. But anyway, we were back uh, enjoying this beer and ready to talk about some UFO alien level stuff. Hot topic for tonight: UFOs. Your thoughts, um, if you, if you know, when we're done with this, just as a precursor, you know, please send us your thoughts. If you, if you listen, send us a thought. You can uh, direct message us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's an inter- interesting topic because it's, um, I feel like it's something that not too many podcasts talk about, number one, other than what we've already mentioned with Joe Rogan. Um, I think a lot of the space theme podcasts, um, you know, they they focus on a lot of the uh, current state of affairs with our current space programs, which is what we do also, and it's 
very good to do. But at the same time, this is a topic that not many people really bring up a ton of because it's looked at as like a conspiracy or something like that. Right. And, it, and it, realistically, it is because there's no proof of anything anyway. Um, but we want to talk about it. So. Yeah, I, I think it's natural for it to be a controversial topic because people have their own... Like, everybody gets very offended if you place something into um, kind of the playing field that maybe goes against what they think or what they're used to or what they believe in. Um, And so, and I think it's good. It's good to be a skeptic. Uh, It shows that you are someone that thinks through things before you act, I guess, and and, and to to kind of wonder, though, that's what we're more interested in, the wonder side of it. Um, I don't think either of us are saying like, yes, we for sure believe this or yes, we, or no, we don't believe it. But the wonder aspect is, uh, is kind of fun to tackle a little bit yeah, and kind of get into some of the, uh, nitty gritty of what you have heard and what people have seen. And, you know, we, we mentioned a little bit about Bob Lazar. He is kind of the figurehead for the very controversial area 51, um, us involvement with uh, kind of alien life. Um, and we can talk a little bit about some of the stuff that he said he's has seen, um, yeah, some of the crafts and stuff that he apparently were allegedly, I guess I should say worked on, um, were if, if true, absolutely unbelievable, yeah. um, truly, yeah. um, beyond what we can comprehend as human beings, I think. But, um, I think, um, I think most people are sort of in the same mindset that we are, at least I am, and I think you are, is that it's, you just, you don't know. Like, you just, you think, I mean, they're, they're given the amount of galaxies, given the amount of solar systems that are out there, and the vastness of space, there has to be something else, like, in my mind. Yes. But at the same time, you just don't know. Right. Like, you just, you simply just don't know, because nothing's actually been proven, nothing's been you know, you know, shown to you with your naked eye, right? That you can actually say, okay, yes, that's not from here. Like some people, I mean, and that's why we're sitting here talking about this today. Some people actually say that they have seen those things. Um, and I think that's what keeps the conversation going. That's the big debate is like, you know, some people have seen it. Some people haven't, you could compare it to something like, you know, Nessie, the Loch Ness monster. You could compare it to, Bigfoot, I don't know, but Pennywise, yeah, Pennywise. Um, but it's it's such a. I feel like this is more real than something like the Loch Ness monster or like a Bigfoot or something right. like that yeah, yeah. because this is much more of a possibility that this is actually a real thing that there actually are, you know, basically extraterrestrials that are out there and you just have to. I mean, if you're out there and you're looking up in the night sky like we are and you're you're able to, with your naked eye, just take it all in and just realize the vastness of what actually what we're in. You know, we're a, a tiny little dot in this huge, huge, huge universe. And you just have to wonder what else is out there. And people have come... Uh, you know, come forth and say, you know, yes, we, I have seen something or like, yes, there, something like this has existed. I think that the uniqueness of the Bob Lazar thing is that it, he, 
is a scientist, and he ha- he he says that he has worked at Area Fifty One and or S Four, and um, so you, I guess you take somebody like that, and you kind of think, okay, well, this guy seems. I mean, I, I guess the credibility of somebody that has worked in that situation or has worked for the government in that respect, it kind of like you think, oh wow, I mean, may- if this is real, if this guy's telling the truth, then whoa. Like that's kind of your yeah. reaction. Like it's, it's different than you or I saying, "Oh, I saw a a craft that I couldn't identify in the sky." Right. You know, it's a, it's a little bit different. Um, and moreover, you have people who went to the moon who have said the same thing, like that they actually saw things that um, you or know, heard that things, they, yeah, or heard things that they couldn't explain. Yeah. Uh, not just this guy. Not just this this guy that says that he worked at Area 51 and all that kind of stuff, but you have people who actually went to the moon who came back and said, yes, there's there's something else out there. Um, so that's the interesting piece of to this whole topic is that you it's not just one guy that has a legit background. It's multiple people. So, yeah, I think there's kind of three trains of thought. There's the individual that... Is completely against anything. Maybe they're a little old school. They don't have any interest in believing this. They think it's complete um, rubbish, and they they want to turn away at any talk of this sort of alien type conversation. That's that's one type of person. The other type of person is the Bob Lazars of the world, or or the people that are really really big into the controversy or the skeptic side of it where they're really, you know, I saw um, a flashing light or I heard this and, you know, these are the things I saw about this spacecraft and kind of they, they have this belief that um, that there are not, it's not only that there's just other life in the universe, but there's life forms that are higher than we are as far as their intelligence and they um, have visited Earth. And then the third train of thought is kind of, I think, the... Um, the moderate view where maybe you say, uh, you know, statistically speaking, I understand that the universe is absolutely insanely large and um, there's no way that there can't be other life. Um, But maybe they believe it's not necessarily aliens visiting us in crafts. It's just microbes on some other habitable planet. Um, I think like naturally that's probably where I fall, where I kind of fall in like, I'm, I'm, but but then but then I hear things like the Bob Lazar podcast, or I uh, hear things like they, I think they call it the Tic Tac incident, right? With those military pilots that were mm-hmm. flying, and they saw stuff on their radar that was moving at speeds and um, turning at angles that would be G forces that were completely unbearable by humans. Uh, but they were just seeing it bounce around. It, there's stuff like that where, it, from the moderate viewpoint, kind of makes you start to wonder. And I think that's the that's like the key word of this second half of this podcast or this podcast in general is wonder. It doesn't have to, just because you want to know more doesn't mean that you are uh, that you believe it fully or that you're like all of a sudden like some weirdo guy that like thinks aliens are re- whatever. You just wonder, and I think that's it's natural and it's good. It, like for people to want to know more, um, it keeps people from being complacent, keeps people from being stagnant. And uh, there's no reason why, no, there's no reason why not, you know. Yeah. Um, Anybody who's taken a philosophy course in college or 
whatever they that's that's the basis of that whole course is you know what are we where are we where do we come from you know all this kind of stuff like it's natural for humans to just think of those things and yeah. just wonder and and pick apart everything around them to figure out where they're from because we don't know at the end of the day we, we really don't know where we're from i mean yeah. you can you have your religious views you have your um you know maybe your scientific views um you have a combination of the two which right. i feel like that i'm sort of in that group where i, I have my religious views and my you know scientific views where it, they, they're kind of meshed together and i can i have my own belief in that but you just you really don't know and and that's human nature to sit and to look up at the night sky and wonder those things are we alone are we you know what happens when we die all that kind of stuff um you know yeah. is there another life after life you know things like that but um i, I just think it's important to do it's just it, there's nothing wrong with doing that there's nothing wrong with thinking yeah it just it's being a you know? it's just being a thinker yeah um it's i think it should be encouraged uh it shouldn't be frowned upon at all and you know it's one of those things too like i think a a key word in the near future that you'll see a lot in the news is the word biomarker the planet nine that they found the super earth that's habitable it has they found water on it and all this they're now looking for biomarkers anything that they can find that um, shows that there's potential life and I think what they're probably looking for is not some sort of um, bimodal alien-like creature. They're looking for microbes and things like that. But can you imagine if, if like, on this planet they find microbial activity? Like, it would just be, it would absolutely be the most incredible discovery that mankind has ever yeah. known. I mean, the fact that it's not just us, it's not just our little bubble, um, and... It's like if there's microbial life somewhere, then there's other things too because yeah. evolution yeah. is real. I mean, yeah. like it's just it's like it would be a wildly it would shake things up so much. Um, and like you said, I think it was a really good point when you said it's there's it's not like oh that that happens and then all of a sudden like all religions are like. It just means that all that's a bunch of nonsense. That's not true at all. Like, I, I don't, I think I, I'm exactly the same as you. I have kind of a mix of a scientific background, but religious views as well. And I think that there's no reason why they can't mesh together. Um, a lot of people, I think, in this world try to make it kind of black and white. But I, I don't think it has to be that way. There, there's nothing really that's truly like that, where it's like yes and no. It, it, yeah. There's always kind of an in-between and... and um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the main the main thing for me is that I think we don't truly understand either of the two topics completely 100%. I think the religious side, whatever your religious view is, and the scientific side, we still don't fully understand either of them. Like we don't know there, there's theories about how earth came to be and there's theories about how we got to the point that we're we're at. Um, but there's no actual physical proof and there's really, I don't know that there's a way to do that because it's just, you know, there's, I don't know, like there's just no way to actually prove everything scientifically. There, some, some things there are in science, we can prove them with where we came from and, and how we came to be, how earth came to be. There's no way to prove it. It happened so long ago. There's just no 
actual way to prove any of it. Right. There's, that, there's just theories that back it. There's scientific theories that back it because because of other scientific proofs that have come to be. But even from the religious standpoint, religious standpoint, it, it just comes from a faith standpoint. Right. Where you're just, you, you have, you know, a, a faith of what has happened and stories have been passed on through generations, you know, hundreds of you know thousands of years basically so you you kind of none of them have actually been proven and it's it's it i think it boils down to a belief or a faith of both of them so you kind of have to just have your own i guess self-awareness and think okay i think this is what happened i think this is why we're here i think this is you know because a lot of the things that you see and you hear and you can it, it actually you can touch and all that kind of stuff those things as far as you know people who actually we we know people who have traveled outside of our orbit earth's mm-hmm. orbit we right. know, you know there there are people who have seen the earth as in a in, in its whole form just hanging out in space and those people have come back and they're changed people yeah and so y- all you have to go off of from people like us who have just been sitting on earth and growing up and, and, and being brought up and really observing on our own Mm -hmm. and being taught other things from our close friends and family and all that. That's what we're going off of. But the people who have left earth and have, you know, literally, and it's, it's, it's a real thing, like going to the moon, all those things, like even people on the space station, they have seen it from a different point of view, and a lot of them are changed people when they come back. Yeah, from a faith standpoint, and also also from a scientific standpoint. So it's I feel like it's you just have to. That's what we're meant to. That's that's human nature. We just have to, you know, have that. You can pick one or the other. You can pick both, and you can think about it and ponder it and come up with a belief on your own, which I think is what we're supposed to do. I think. All yeah. the all the stuff, all the evidence is out there. All the stuff is out there for us to kind of filter into our own belief. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. I yeah, feel it's like like, you know. like even the, you know the the definition of faith really is like believing in something that you can't see or touch. Like it, that's what faith is. And so whether it's a faith in a scientific theory or faith in religion, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think that um, I think back to my research mentor in grad school. He he used to say, like, when we would provide, uh, like, a thesis or uh, write up any sort of scientific writing, one of the things that made me a better scientific writer was knowing that, and this is how he phrased it, he said, in your in your writing, you're pretty much, just think of it, like, almost as if you're a lawyer, and you're providing all the evidence of what you've researched, and by the end of your paper, you are trying to pretty much say, based on this evidence, this is what I believe and this is how I think it happened. And it's exactly what a, when an, a, an attorney does in a, any sort of legal case, right? They're providing all sorts of evidence. At the end, they talk to the jury. They give a closing statement. They say, hey, this is all that happened, and this is, this is how it happened. There's no way to truly prove anything. And it, even in science, like, you can't prove anything. Like, it, you, you have evidence of all sorts of things. Um, and, and that's what makes, like, being a human an amazing thing. Like, you... There is no, um, 
it just keeps your eyes open to to everything. If you're someone that, uh, I guess if you're someone that's maybe a little bit more conservative and you're listening to this and I hope we're not offending anyone, but just try to understand that like, and I don't mean to sound like we're, we're neither of us are experts in this, in, in philosophy or anything, but I think it's just natural to, to want to know more. Um, yeah. And it's a good thing. It's not something that you should shy away from. It's not like, it's, it, it all ties back to like what we say like get out look up like when you're when you're going outside and you're looking up you can't you can't not think about like what's out there and what else is beyond okay oh here's this um, you know your dad is really good about pointing out certain uh, globular clusters and stuff well what's beyond that globular globular cluster what's yeah. beyond this galaxy um, here's this cluster of stars here what's well what's beyond that um, and and I think that should be encouraged it doesn't mean that uh, and it always has to be just kind of riddled with controversy. Uh, and I think like sometimes when you hear this podcast with like Bob Lazar, for example, at the Joe Rogan podcast, it get there are certain parts of it where even even myself, I'm like, oh, okay, come on, like you know, yeah. like he's describing this craft, and um, it just is so unbelievable. And it, it's one of those things, but I think you just have to take it all at face value and just want to know more that's yeah. what it comes down to if you're someone that's just stuck in your ways and you just live your life on this planet and you don't really want to you, you become complacent you become stagnant that's not really a i don't i don't think that's the best way to live because um that whole side that the wondrous side of being a human is just completely eliminated it's just yeah. cut off um, and we, we have free will to, to, to want to know more. Yeah, I, th- I think the key word that you just said is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So anything that we've ever been taught, anything that we can ever, I guess, imagine or ponder or um, any theory that we can come up with um, as humans, it, it's all really, truly unbelievable because all we know is what we're in now, which is earth and our everyday lives and all that kind of stuff. So everything else becomes, if we introduce something else in, 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 in like we have talked about before, um, with you know our Apollo 11 anniversary, there are people who don't believe we've gone to the moon because it truly does seem unbelievable that we went and there actually have been people that set foot on the moon. You look up at the night sky and you see the moon and you go, there's no way, how, did, how the hell did we get somebody up there? Yeah. Everything in everything that is goes outside of our human realm where we're, we just can't fathom that actually happening is actually unbelievable to us. Mm-hmm. And so you, you think, and, and that ties into your religion, your anything like that, where it's, it goes beyond the norm, beyond the life that you know currently, yeah, becomes unbelievable. And so you think about another. A UFO or uh, an alien on another body, some out in space, yep. another planet, truly is unbelievable to think about right now that mm-hmm. there's another planet with people, maybe like us, I don't know, that are hanging out on another planet somewhere. Recording it, a podcast. Recording a podcast, drinking a beer, <laughs> growing hops. <laughs> like, that just truly is, like, that's the, the main theme that I think humans can't get over is the the unbelievable fact of it it's mm-hmm. like that just seems unbelievable yeah because it's so far from what we know from our everyday life and i think 
that's just be that goes down it boils down to i guess maybe our limits of thought and things like that where we just we can't we can't really fathom because that you know maybe that we think that technology doesn't exist or that just true that can't exist or like there there can't be something that created everything there there can't be some other being that created us things like that you start thinking about and it's mm-hmm. just hurts your head yeah it hurts your head so you you just kind of veer towards oh that's just that, that that's unbelievable i can't that can't be real like i, I don't know it's uh yeah i think like yeah. the the those those thought when you do get into that moment like i i mentioned it in the first half when you maybe you're laying down to fall asleep and your head kind of goes into some wondrous thoughts about what's beyond the universe whatever and you you get that feeling in your head where you're like ah it's a it's an anxiety inducing feeling but and that's that unbelievable quality you're talking about where it's just like how could i ever know that to be true but i think that in today's culture sometimes the word unbelievable like oh that's unbelievable i'm gonna go ahead and trash that entire idea i'm gonna throw it in the trash it's unbelievable it can't happen um and it's it's not valid yeah. I think that's not necessarily the best way to live. I think it's it's always a good thing to kind of keep your eyes open to just a lot of different ideas. Um, I think that that makes that 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 kind of offers like a well balanced mindset for how we live because it's true. You know what we believe is what we can see. What, the the streets that we stomp every day, like that, that's what you see. Like where you go to work, you go to, you know, whatever you like. Obviously, those are believable things, yeah. and it even comes back to things. There were thing, there were uh, certain phenomenons or uh, events within our own planet, within our own lifespan, even not our particular lifespan, but within humans' lifespans or generations, I should say, where that were unbelievable. Like, oh, uh, a human being can't run a four-minute mile. That's yeah. unbelievable. But then somebody does it. Like, yeah. those are sorts of things. Like, um. I think it's just important to keep your your mind open, um, and, and just not be too quick to throw things away. Yeah, um, I mean, there, there. I mean, you could even say the, the same thing, literally about like, and I hate to like sound like an idiot here, but just the dinosaurs. Like, you could you could literally say, okay, yeah, we've seen fossils, we have all that kind of stuff, but we don't really know the history or like what they actually were right you, you know a lot of the stuff that we've come up with is more or less i mean it, it some of it is proven obviously but some of it is actually like how they lived and what they did yeah is a theory yeah to more or less but it we, is, we yeah. have we have fossils to prove that they were there right and that they were here yep. and how old they were and all that kind of stuff how long ago they were here we really don't know anything about what they were like what they what you know how they got here how they interacted how they inter- we don't know how they got there how how they got here how they interacted we have a theory of how they were extinct like right. things like that that we actually have physical proof of we can't still can't actually we don't know the whole backstory yeah truly yeah it's because, like you know like you, you think about it like oh yeah so there was you know microbes on earth and they evolved into um, single-celled organisms, and that evolved into this, and then all of a sudden, you've, you know, millions of years, and you've evolved into land-bearing dinosaurs and sea-bearing dinosaurs. But and you look at it like, for example, a great example of what you're describing is like you take like a Velociraptor skull, 
and they like blow air through it and they can kind of understand like, oh, this is how we think this dinosaur sounded. Mm-hmm. You don't really know. You never heard it for real um, when it was living, walking around next to you. But uh, you can make your, your best, you can provide evidence that shows all of the facts and, um, you know, make it, paint, paint a really good picture of maybe how it, how it walked the earth. But um, yeah, one, the, yeah. yeah, one of the craziest things, so in the, in the podcast with Joe Rogan, they basically talk about how some of these craft that he actually, uh, that, that or not, that he saw, like um, Bob Lazar actually saw at Area 51, were, he thinks they were from an archaeological dig. So they, yeah. they actually dug these things up at some point, right? which is an interesting thing that was actually brought up that sparked my interest. It's an interesting spin. Yeah, yeah, interesting spin. So it wasn't something where, you know, we shot these things down. Maybe we did. I don't know. No one even knows that they're actually there. But apparently they could be in the side of a mountain at a base in Arizona somewhere. Yeah. We don't know. Um, but something like that, that actually makes it to me possibly more realistic if they had these things and they actually dug them up and they found them somewhere but to me it's like okay if they if the government was able to find these then why haven't we found more why right. why hasn't the public found more of these things maybe i guess you maybe would have to find you'd have to dig pretty deep i would think depending on how old they were when they came here I've never seen a UFO. Uh, there's plenty of people who out there have had seen these things. I personally have not. What's the new term? The was it AAV? Yeah, AAV. Yeah, that's like the uh, two, I go, 2019 term. That's like the the you know whatever the the new generation term. But that's the Gen Z term. The Gen Z term. I go by UFO, <laughs> but I I have never personally seen anything. I mean. You never know. Like, I think about it all the time. You know, we're on the beach over Labor Day weekend. What if some of those shooting stars weren't actually shooting shooting stars? You know, like things like that. that I I actually think about, it. and that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, like, you never know. It could yeah. be. It could be anything. Yeah. It could. You know, instead of a, a piece of rock or whatever blowing off our atmosphere, it could be something else. It could be. You know. Some of the things that you see that you think are may, are a satellite, maybe that's not a satellite. I don't know. Like I've never actually seen with my own eyes in broad daylight something that made me kind of scratch my head a little bit. Right. But uh, some people have. I don't know. Yeah, I think it comes down to like with the Bob Lazar thing, and you know, obviously he, that that's his truth. That, that what what he states is his truth, and I think like in today's culture, people are starting to understand that. When someone says something, that's their truth. Like you might interact with them a certain way and you think that they, like even like a close friend of yours, um, maybe you've interacted with them a certain way for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden they say something that kind of blows your mind a little bit and you're like, ah, that's not true. But that's their truth. That's what they think. Like, and, and it's, uh, it's important not to like just shame that and like say, oh, you're just a freaking weirdo that is high on drugs or whatever. That's his truth, and the, and I think it has to be taken, like I stated earlier, like at face value. Um, but what kind of comes into play is like the abundance, like what you said. He stated that some of that stuff, at least in his, from what he understood, was an archaeological dig. 
why haven't we found more? What like that's the natural train of thought is why isn't there a, an abundance of this? Um, it's just like in research. If I were to go to my uh, committee in grad school and say, "Hey, I studied these uh, these insects and I watched how they you know consumed these plants," uh, and this is what I think, and they'd say, "Well, what was your sample size?" and I said, four. They'd be like, "Bunch of nonsense. You're yeah. a complete idiot." But if I said my sample size was 2,000, then they'd be like, okay. Yeah. Like, that's what they, the sample size thing is a huge deal. Like, they, people want to know that that helps convince people is there was an abundance of this or whatever. So I think that's where somebody like Bob Lazar, um, you know, and you can tell on the podcast, he gets super anxious talking about this sort of thing because he, he's faced an entire life of controversy. He's faced a life of uh, people trying to, going to brush him under the rug and um whether or not what he's saying is true it doesn't really matter it's his truth and um the lack of abundance or the lack of uh um transparency with what he describes is ultimately his um kind of what he faces every day like uh, this challenge of how can i tell people this there's no way i can prove it you know he he describes some times where ultimately it was his undoing where he took friends out to the site in an RV, like, and they filmed the, the, uh, the AAV or the UFO or whatever flying around. Um, but it just kind of comes down to that. Like there is no abundance of information in regards to extraterrestrial life. And that's where the controversy or the skepticism comes in Yeah, because it's, it is few and far between. Yeah. Um, and I think if if people actually, if other people, so they, you know, going back to, okay, so you have Bob Lazar, Area 51, or S4, wherever, he, the base that he was at, you have those UFOs, they said they, they basically dug them up, it was an archaeological dig, they found these things. Well, Okay, start thinking outside the box a little bit. Okay, if anyone else has found any of these things, like everyday people like you and I, I'm not digging a hole 30 feet into the ground. Right. Or however, however far, you imagine anything that's crashing into Earth and maybe like you know centuries ago has crashed into the Earth is pretty far down there, mm-hmm. depending on how fast it was going. Number one. Number two, like, okay, if they do find anything, if anyone has found anything, they're probably going to call the cops or call the authorities if they do find something, and immediately that's going to get covered up, mm-hmm. I would think. Like, if, if anything like that, if like, you're it becomes in, classified, if yeah. you're if you're in Kansas, and whatever reason you're digging a hole that far into the ground and you happen to bump into something and think about the size of the earth. Just, just think about how big our earth is, which really isn't that big, but to us it is in the grand scheme of things. It's not that big in right. the universe. If you look at the scale, the un- scale of the universe, it's not that big, but it, for us mortal humans to be digging a hole and to find a, find a UFO, very slim you know, an ancient UFO or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Hell, it's even, it's hard to, if you take a metal detector, it's hard to find anything. Right. You know, if you do end up bumping into something and it looks a little bit weird, 
you're, you know, an everyday person out in the country, wherever you are, Texas, Kansas, Michigan, Indiana, you're probably going to go, okay, yeah, maybe I should call somebody about this. Like, yeah. and I feel like immediately at that point, it's going to get kind of covered up. Like, it's going to become classified yeah, for sure. It's going to yeah, be pushed it, into a very private so side I, of things. Yeah. So yeah. immediately that it takes it off the map a little bit because, yeah. and I'm guessing if, if that were to happen, you're hushed. Like whoever found that, whoever was out there, a normal citizen of the state, United States or, or a normal citizen of wherever you live, France, mm-hmm. like Japan, I, I, China, wherever you live, you're going to be hushed as to that whole scenario. Like that's, that didn't happen. Right. You're not to talk. Here's whatever you need. Yeah, because for the rest be, of your life. it becomes you know? such a unique situation, yeah. uh, like a rare thing where they're like, "Oh, well, we need to fu- we need to figure out what this is or find out more about it." It it all comes down to like what we stated, like the keyword unbelievable. There there is there's technically um a non-zero percent chance that under your condo, if you dug down you'd find a treasure chest with a million dollars in it. <laughs> Technically, if you if you think statistically, you can't you can't not say with 100% certainty that that's not true. Yeah. You you don't know. Like, I hope it, it's true. It would be amazing, right? Yeah. Um maybe we should go get a shovel tomorrow. Yeah, maybe. Um but those are the sorts of things that um those unbelievable qualities in our daily lives I think it's important to just keep that as an open, keep an open mind when you discuss that with others and kind of think about that. Um, again, not an expert in philosophy or in anything really, but it's just, I don't know, it's an important conversation to have. Um, and that's why we're having it just over a beer, just very casually. There's, we're not stating one thing or the other. I think, I think we've made that pretty clear that we're not like yeah. making a, a hard, we're not drawing a hard line, line in the sand and saying we're this or this or this, you know. Have um, you have you seen anything? Have you ever seen anything that made you wonder at the night in the night sky or in broad daylight that made you wonder? Well, there was this one time I was walking down the street and uh, past a sewer, and uh, I heard a voice. It's, it's Pennywise uh, the clown. Yeah. Yeah. Hiya, Georgie. No, just kidding. Um, I don't know. I I don't think I have. I don't. I don't think in my in my twenty nine years on this planet that I've seen anything that I thought. Uh, you know, like holy crap, this is this is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, except for the eclipse. <laughs> yeah. Except for the eclipse. The one thing I one time I did see, like my dad had his big scope out, and one time, and this isn't even a UFO, but I did see literally a flaming fireball cross the lens while I was looking through the scope Mm -hmm. and I was I was young I was probably I had to have been maybe 13 14 years old so we're looking through the scope in my dad's driveway and I I saw this like he he's like literally we're like looking at I think maybe Jupiter or something like that Mm -hmm. um and all of a sudden this like fireball crosses the lens and it was Mm -hmm. it was crystal clear Mm. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life, but that's the only thing I've seen that was kind of like, whoa, that's kind of weird. 
Yeah. But that was actually, that actually did happen. That was weird. Mm-hmm. But obviously not a UFO. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no way to, to know. But, it, it could have been a meteorite. Yeah. It could have been, yeah. who knows? I mean, and I think that, you know, like uh, if you're, if you just go down and find a, a nice place to lay in the grass and look up at the night sky on a clear night, there's been times where I've been looking up and, you know, you see the shooting stars, whatever meteorites crashing, you know, falling into the atmosphere of earth and burning up. But every once in a while, and, uh, and, and this has been, there's evidence to prove that this is just a satellite's um, uh, solar array kind of flashing up against the sun. But I don't know if you've experienced this. It's, it's definitely a weird feeling when you're laying there. You're laying there, you're in a very quaint moment. You know, you, it's, everything is just very calm. And all of a sudden, it just looks like the sky like took a flash photo of you. Like it's just like a bright flash for a split second, and and uh, and I remember seeing that with Julia. Actually, we were in Kalamazoo, just like laying in the grass, looking up at the night sky. You saw the ISS go by, saw a few shooting stars, um, which again, something small burning up in the Earth's atmosphere, something along those lines. And then all of a sudden, it's like just a split second. It's like something from very far out just took a giant flash photo of me and it, it's a weird feeling but it, it, and it and i totally believe that it really is just like a solar array catching of you know reflection of the sun but yeah um but yeah it's just uh, something to just kind of to always wonder to always ponder it keeps life interesting it keeps things non-complacent and i think that's important to do because if you're living a stagnant life and a complacent life then uh, you're not really living you're not really no. enjoying, I, I don't know. I, I think that obviously that spills in, that, that opens up a whole can of worms with like just general lifestyle. But Then you um, need to go out and you need to grow some hops. Yeah. You need to uh, look up. Harvest a bushel of hops. Harvest a bushel or two. Yeah. We probably have. We, we still probably, have. A, I'd say. There's still a second bushel that needs to be filled. Yeah. I'm, we filled a half a bushel. I'd say that there's at least a bushel and a half full yeah. of hops yeah. waiting to be plucked. Yeah, I think uh, I think you need to do those things. You need to do them while you still can, folks. Those who are listening, do it while you still can. Get out, look up, grow hops, grow whatever you want, whatever you want to grow. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to grow, but whatever you want to grow, get out, look up. But I think definitely think about it. Just ponder what we're talking about right now with the whole, you know, UFO phenomenon that, that happens that people like, you know, I, I feel like it's just something that you just need to just start paying more attention to. You never know. Just um, expand your mind. Yeah. Expand your mind. Expand your, I mean, and it's, it's, it's done better with a beer. It sure is. Um, like we have now. Yeah, this was a, man, such a fantastic beer. Yeah. And it really, yeah. it, it just, it's exactly that. It's just expanding your mind. It, the, the idea of always wanting to kind of challenge your thoughts, challenge, challenge yourself, make yourself, uh, whether it's, you know, like from a fitness perspective, go out and challenge yourself to ride a hill on your bike or run, run a marathon, whatever that, but then expand or kind of, uh, extrapolate that across your life in general. Yeah. Um, it keeps, just keep getting out and looking up it. That hashtag I think has become something that is, uh, more than just actually getting out and looking up at the night sky. It's like, it really is something like if you, if you're getting out, looking up, 
Like you're want, you're wondering, you're pondering, you're thinking about things. You're an active thinker. Uh, you're pro, you're progressive. Um, it just it can only serve to um, assist your daily life, I think, um, and make you a happy person. Yeah. Um, because unfortunately, human beings are terminal. Like we, yeah. you have to do what you can while you're still here. Yeah. And uh, if you live a complacent life, that's uh, that's no fun. No, I, I think uh, I'll, I'll make a statement. I I feel like there is life outside of our known galaxy and our known our known universe. I feel like there there is. I don't think there's life in our galaxy. I don't feel like, or and I feel like there is life in our galaxy, but not in our solar system. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's life because the thing is, is that we haven't even we don't even know how far truly our galaxy. Ex- actually expands and we don't even know everything about the planets that are surrounding us right or we don't even know we have no idea we haven't even explored the entire extent of the ocean floor that we of the planet we live on Mm -hmm. and and i think that's um that's ultimately what it comes down to is just be an explorer just get out look up get out look down if you're somebody that's a a deep sea explorer i guess that would be hashtag get out look down <laughs> get out look down because that and that's that's just the wild thing too is we don't even know the entire extent of the uh, the deep sea um of earth even uh it's just that in and of itself is unbelievable that it's just how can we not know all that already uh if we're this advanced life form that uh, has all this technology and everything and we still haven't even mapped out the entire extent of our ocean floor yeah um that, which is crazy to me. There's there's still things that we don't even know about Earth. There, like, and we go and we make a conclusion that no, there's no life outside. There's no such thing as a god. There's no like, like we don't even know. There, there's basic things, or, or what I would think would be at this point, based on the egos of many people in this planet that we live on, that think that no there's no no there's no that doesn't exist that doesn't exist we don't even know what is truly at the bottom of the ocean floor right like we don't even like and that's our own planet you know yeah yeah i think and it, it all comes back to um yeah just, just wanting to know more so yeah I, I think that's a that's a a great uh spot i think my beer is about empty anyway but yeah um this has been an important podcast because it's something that people, I think, sometimes shy away from this type of conversation uh, because it, it is at times controversial based on what people believe. Yeah. Um, and it is an, it is by no means um, meant to be an offensive way. Like I said, I, I don't think we drew any sort of lines in the sand uh, as far as like we this is where we where we stand or we're pretty open minded people. Um and I think it's generally a good thing to be open-minded. And so with that said, um, go look at the night sky. Go make think, your own conclusion. Yeah, think about it. Yeah, think about it. Make your own conclusion. If you have any thoughts, send send them to us. If you have any photos of anything, yeah, start a conversation. Start that convo. Send them to us. Yeah, that, that's um, a, a good yeah. segue into, uh, yeah. you know, if if you are on social media, you can... Hit us up at uh, any number of social media platforms. At Eclipse on Tap is where we're where we uh, where we live on Instagram and Twitter. 
Uh, we also have a Facebook page, Eclipse on Tap. If you just search that on Facebook, you'll find us. We've got a YouTube channel where we post some uh, snippets of our of our podcast, the video form. And then uh, if you're old school, maybe, and you don't like the social media side of things, and you want to just send us an email, eclipseontap at gmail.com. And then don't forget, too, we have a, a website, eclipseontap.space, where okay. you can uh, contact us through that as well. Um, we're proud of our .space domain name. So yeah. uh, take advantage of it. Go on there and check us out. And, uh, yeah, we, we love to hear from people. Um, that, I think, makes it uh, meaningful for us to do to keep doing what we do on this podcast. Um, we're very casual in what we do. And um, when we find that somebody else who is just generally interested in what we're having to talk about um, is enjoying it, that's a huge plus for us. It makes me want to keep doing it. Yep. So if you are one of those people that enjoys what we do, I think Apple Podcasts is probably the best place to give feedback. So um, be sure to log into Apple Podcasts and give us a rating, give us a review. Let us know yep. what we can do better, what we what we do good, what we do good. <laughs> yeah, what we done did good. What we done did good. And the biggest thing, I you know, if you can contact us, give us a topic that you'd like to hear about. Um, Anything like that, or maybe even an experience that you had, a photo from your night out looking up through your telescope, something like yep. that, um, and we'll, we'll share that. We'll do all anything we can to uh, promote those kind of things. Um, that's kind of why, I mean, obviously, that's why we're here. We've repeated that multiple times. Um, but, yeah, anything that you can do to to, to join in on the conversation. Yeah, and exactly. then really, and kind of like I guess, uh, be uh, yeah, be be a part of the whole thing with us. So yeah, let's make this yeah. an active conversation. So hit us up. Yeah, and um, thank you if you if you listen this far. Um, major props to you. We we appreciate everyone that that tunes in, whether it's just for a little bit or for the whole thing. Bless um, you. Bless you. Yes. Uh, um, we really enjoy doing this on a once a month basis and. And who knows? Maybe in the future we'll we'll up we'll up our game, and we're we're we've got some stuff in the works as far as uh, some ideas, and um, yeah. yeah. So episode twenty five is a wrap. Yeah, we'll see you in uh, October, and uh, cheers. Yep, cheers. Mm-hmm.